There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone.
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Keep on praying for the saints. We are contending with fallen spirits from the dark realm. We're contending for heavenly things. They have forever lost these heavenly things. But we are promised them if we overcome. And they come raging at us because... They have no possibility. They have deserted their home. They have given everything to the dark realm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Today we're again dealing with the dark realm. I want to make it plain to you I'm not making progress toward what the world considers to be most important I'm not creating a place in the world for myself I'm not advancing in my career I'm not buying a house I'm not saving money for retirement so what am I doing? I'm walking the narrow but straight path to the celestial city above. I pray. I fast. I read the scriptures. I preach and teach. I counsel. I confront sin. And I do all of that on this radio broadcast and in person wherever I go all of my time and all of my money are for the journey and to take as many of you with me as will travel from this world to the one that is soon coming. It is a journey 
And there are places on this journey that become very, very painful. There is the valley of humiliation we spoke of yesterday. The valley of humiliation is where we recognize our own condition before God. We are insulted by others. We are castigated. We are cast aside. We are rejected. There's probably nothing that hurts our hearts more than to be misunderstood and cast aside and friendships end. It hurts and it humiliates us. I spent quite a bit of time yesterday talking with a dear friend who lives in Florida. He shared with me the pain of his heart as he has been rejected time after time. It's easy to become very cynical and very angry. And he did both. But by God's grace, he's moved beyond all of that. It's easy to become depressed and discouraged. But I want to tell you today that whatever we walk through, Jesus has not left us. Our love for Jesus will carry us through the most difficult times as we sit in his presence and we read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, as we pray and meditate on his word, his holy presence comes and abides with us and teaches us about who Jesus is. Now don't try to find out who Jesus is by the Baptist church or the Methodist Church, or the Roman Catholic Church. Find out who Jesus is by going to the Scriptures and reading them intently with meditation and prayer, and open your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to please come and teach you His way. And as you do that, you'll be called on this journey. And you will come out of the Valley of Humiliation it's not a one-time experience, however. You will enter the Valley of Humiliation many times on this journey. One brother is always saying to me, Stay low, Brother Ray. Stay low, Pastor Ray. He's right. It means to stay humble before God and before our brothers and sisters. It means no pretense, no beating of our own drum, <clears throat> it means giving up being right humbling our hearts I want to walk with you through another valley today as Christian in the story of Pilgrim's Progress comes up out of that valley of humiliation where he fought desperately with the demonic Apollyon he was severely injured in that fight. And Bunyan writes, Then there came to Christian a messenger 
with a handful of leaves taken from the tree of life. Do you need any leaves from the tree of life today to heal your wounds? I do. I have some wounds in my heart that need healing. And I spent most of the morning waiting before the Lord in my prayer closet, in my private place. And the presence of Jesus came so wonderfully close. I can't help but say it over and over. I love Jesus. I want to walk with him in every way. I want him to dwell in me, and he does. And I want to dwell in him, and I do. He was especially close to me this morning. He ministered to my wounds. Some of the wounds are necessary to recognize to help keep me humble. To recognize mistakes that I've made, even sins that I've committed in the past. But now, as the devil comes to accuse, I say, be gone from me, devil. My trust is in my Jesus. He carries me day by day. He is faithful to his people. So he took the leaves and applied them to his wounds, which healed immediately. He then sat down and ate some of the bread and drank some of the of the bottle that had been given to him by prudence and piety and charity in the in the house of the Holy Spirit. You know what the what the bread is. It's the broken body of Jesus. And you know what the the bottle of wine is. It's it's the spilled blood of Jesus. And it comes to us from prudence and piety and charity. And Christian was refreshed. And then he began his journey again on the narrow path, not knowing whether Apollyon would come back for another skirmish or whether some other enemy might be at hand. Christian drew his sword. And he walked carefully through the valley. But he met no other enemies. Now at the end of the Valley of Humiliation, there was another valley, a dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Remember David in Psalm 23 spoke about it. I will fear no evil, he said, as he walks through the valley of the shadow of death. Since there was no other way to the celestial city, Christian was obliged to go through it, and there is no other way. You're going to have to go through this valley, and I want to make it very real for you, very alive for you, please. This valley was in a solitary place. This valley, you usually have to cross it by yourself. 
there is a place where we have to come with no one else and just walk with Jesus. Jeremiah described this place as a wilderness, a land of deserts and of pits, a land of drought and of the shadow of death, a land that no man but a Christian passes through. No one lives there. Now it's in that alone place that can become so painful and so depressing and so discouraging. And we go through this valley so that we will learn to press into our Jesus, so that we will learn to rest in him. I've shared before with you, but I need to keep reminding you, and if you're new listening today, the Lord spoke audibly to me in the midst of one night about 3.30 a.m. I was up, I was praying, and the Lord spoke. One of those wonderful, wonderful times when he spoke. He said, wait upon me. No, he said, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. And then there was a pause. And he said, the Lord will carry you. And then in a very kind and gentle voice, he said to me, Ray, rest in me. He'd never called me by my name before in speaking, but this night he actually called me by name. He said, Ray, rest in me. Last night I was crying out to him about 2.45. I awakened. My heart was troubled. I couldn't go back to sleep. I spent more time praying. And then finally, about 4.30 to 5 o'clock, somewhere in that range, I wasn't watching the clock. My heart rose up. And I said, Ray, wait upon the Lord. And then I said to myself, The Lord is carrying you. And he is. And then I said to myself, Now rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. And almost immediately I was falling asleep again and then woke this morning with joy in my heart knowing that Jesus is faithful I can trust him I can put my full weight down now please some of you are saying pastor we don't we don't walk that way well come on walk with me some of you are saying pastor I've never experienced Jesus talking with me well walk with him you understand you can't talk to Jesus if you're not walking with Jesus not religion not churchianity it's about Jesus 
and intimacy with Jesus. This is real. I'm not, I'm not in Fantasia. I'm not in make-believe land here. This is real. He will speak with you. He will direct your steps as you read the scriptures, as you meditate upon them, as you wait upon him. He will come and speak to you. He may speak by quickening a passage of scripture. He may speak by just giving you a thought in your mind. Don't cast it away. The devil will come and put accusations in your heart and and say how wicked you are. Tell him to run. Tell him to flee. You're there with Jesus. He has no business accusing you. If your own heart accuses you, confess that to Jesus and ask him to remove from your heart that judgment you've made against yourself and ask him to make you righteous in every respect. Ask him to heal your wounds and he will heal them. See, nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by chance. When we're in Jesus, he orders our steps. He directs our path. Now, the path is not easy. It goes right down through the valley of humiliation where the devil comes and attacks. And it takes us right down through the valley of the shadow of death where we think we may die. But it's all for one simple purpose. To turn our hearts toward Jesus. To cause us to press into him, to trust him, to rely on him, to love him. His mercies are new every morning. You can trust him. Now, some of you today, you're like I was at 2.30 this morning. You're, you're struggling in your spirit with something. You're distraught. You're upset. It could be money. It could be a job. It could be family. It could be a husband or a wife. It could be a friend. Put your weight down with Jesus. Cast all your cares upon him. He loves you. He's here for you right now. Jesus, right now, at this instant, is here for you. Lord Jesus, I'm just sensing in your spirit that there are people who are listening to this and saying, Is this man crazy? Is this possible? Is it reality, Jesus, that you really care, that you're here right now, and that I don't have to do this myself, that you will do it in me and for me? Oh, Lord, would you come and meet their cry right now? Would you heal their wounds right now? Would you come, Holy Spirit, to each one, and teach them about Jesus and open the scriptures for my brother and my sister that they could hear and understand that they could trust you, Jesus, and they could trust your love and you would heal their wounds. Lord, thank you. Now, Lord, I also know the wounds of our nation must be healed. For we are utterly split and divided.
We are an angry nation. I ask, Lord, that you would rebuke evil on every hand and that you would be the one who exposes the evil. Lord, take all judgments from our hearts. Take all accusations from our minds. For every person before you is waiting upon you for salvation or they are rushing forward toward the pit of hell. Lord, I'm praying for your salvation that you would turn now men and women unto repentance and unto righteousness, unto purity and holiness, into love and dwelling in you, Jesus, into the baptism of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, Oh, come, Holy Spirit of the living God, come and meet the cry, the heart cry of every person listening to this broadcast. Lord, you're real. Your Holy Spirit is real. Holy Spirit, come and reveal Jesus to each one who's listening today. Lift them up in your arms, mighty Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I could just pray the whole broadcast through, but I have some teaching the Holy Spirit wants me to give to you. Bunyan says that Christian was afflicted more in the valley of the shadow of death than he was in his fight with the devil. See, if the devil comes with a frontal attack, we can deal with that better. It's dangerous, it's hard, it's bloody. But he usually doesn't come with a frontal attack. He comes through shadows. He comes through cunning, like he did with Eve. In his dream, Christian saw two men coming toward him, children of those men who brought an evil report concerning the good land of Cana land. These two men were quickly retreating, and when Christian stopped them and asked them where they were going, they said, Back! Back! And we would advise you to do the same too if you have any concern for your life or your peace of mind. Why? What's the matter? Matter, they said. We're going the same way that you are now going, and we went as far as we dared to go and almost went past the point of no return had we continued. We would not be here to warn you. But what did you encounter that made you so fearful? asked Christian. Well, we were almost in the valley of the shadow of death. But as our good fortune would have it, we looked ahead and saw the danger before we walked into it. But what have you seen? persisted Christian. Seen? they nearly shouted. Well, the valley itself is black as pitch. Yet we also saw demons and dragons of the pit. We also heard in the valley a continual howling and yelling that sounded like people in unutterable pain who are bound in affliction and irons. Over the valley hangs the discouraging clouds of confusion. Death also spreads its wings over it. In a word, it is dreadful and completely unruly. Well, let me break down a little bit what they're saying. 
they're saying that you come to a valley and in that valley you're going to begin to see things that terrify you things that say to you you cannot survive i'm walking through that valley right now i'm struggling because the money is not here to cover radio for last month there are a couple pledges that if those pledges come in the money could be there but i've been very discouraged because of how few people have given this month for pilgrim's progress and i'm saying lord is it time for me to leave the air and so i've been struggling with that that's part of what i was struggling with in the night hours saying lord here are these dragons of of lack of money and it's coming after me and it's breathing hot upon me and i have to make the payments the lord said no you don't i'll make the payments so again i just leave it with jesus as he impresses on your heart the need to give and just way of information you can go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com and give online it's nationalprayerchapel.com or you can write to me or you can call right now 877-534-0780 and talk with our producer dear brother drew and he'll give you all the information that's 877-534-0780 we're still more than a thousand dollars short for last month i can't continue like this but jesus knows that so i'm at rest and i'm at peace but these dragons are real they come right at us with fire you can't make your mortgage payment what are you going to do got to do something quick no don't do anything quick the devil comes in the valley of humiliation and then he comes again in the valley of the shadow of death and he tries to bum rush us into a decision that in the end will be the wrong decision and very destructive we're so quick to make decisions and judgments about our circumstances or about other people or about situations i'm saying stop stop when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death or when this devil storm comes on you just keep walking in the straight and narrow and lift your hands up to jesus praise his holy name and know that he loves you and that he's going to carry you through this devil storm over this valley there is utter discouragement there is utter confusion confusion is always from the devil jesus is not the author of confusion on the other hand he makes things absolutely plain to us and then the question is do we want to walk in his plain truth or have we already used judgments out of our past and made decisions that are destructive that we'll have to put up with and miss out on what god wants christian said all of these tears aside nothing that you've said so far convinces me that there's anything that is worth standing in my way 
as I make my way to the celestial city. I want you to hear that. There is nothing the devil can throw at me that is going to cause me to turn aside from my love for Jesus Christ. I'm not going to become cynical. I'm not going to become bitter. I'm not going to close myself off and stop risking love. Now, I've loaned money that I truly didn't have because the Lord says loan to him who asks and some rather large sums in my past and the money was never repaid. Then what should I do? Should I just say, okay, I'll never loan money anymore to anyone. And you know what? That is what I've said. You know what I've said instead? If someone asks to borrow money from me, and I'm in any way capable, I will give it to them with no expectation that they will ever pay me back. Because I don't have any money. It all belongs to Jesus. And so if if the Lord prompts me and someone asks, and I give that to them, I'm not going to demand it back. If someone owes me something, and I am owed much, but I have forgiven it all and I am owed nothing. Does that make sense to you? See, cynicism comes out of people not meeting our expectations. Well, what if you just drop all of your expectations and follow Jesus? That's the only way you can get through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to drop all of your expectations even of Jesus and know that he is righteous and holy and good and that he loves you and he loves me and I'm going to follow him until I come to the Jordan River and I'm going to cross over that Jordan into the celestial promised land. I'm going to cross over into heaven. I know he's there. He's proven himself over and over and over to my heart. You have to decide. Will you let your heart grow angry and bitter, cynical? Or will you give up your expectations and your demands and your judgments? You can't have family with judgments. You can't win people to Jesus with a heart filled with bitterness and judgments and no trust. Oh, I have reason not to trust him. Really? Doesn't Jesus have more reason not to trust you? Give it up. Trust Jesus. <laughs> He's faithful. He's true. They said to, to Christian, have your own way, but we will not choose your way. We will choose our way. So they parted. 
and Christian went on his way with his sword in his hand, fearing that he might be assaulted. Then I saw in my dream that for the entire length of the valley there was a deep ditch on the right side. It is into this ditch that the blind have been leading the blind since the beginning of time to the destruction of both blind leaders and their followers. Now this deep ditch, let's be plain about what it is. It is false teaching. I have had to fight all of my life against false teaching. And I have done that by going to the scriptures and reading and reading and reading and praying and meditating and being taught by the Holy Spirit and almost everything I was taught at seminary was wrong. Almost everything I was taught as a child in the Seventh-day Adventist Church was wrong. There is no quote-unquote investigative judgment I mean you just I had to go through all the doctrines there's no such thing as imputed grace in the Old Testament sin was not forgiven until Jesus died on Calvary and the sin was covered over but Abraham was accounted righteous that's an accounting term it meant he was added up by God and discovered that he had obeyed the Lord in each matter and especially now in the matter of believing the Lord God and standing on his word and trusting him but false teachers have come and even inserted into our scriptures the word imputed righteousness and the translation is wrong it's accounted accounted righteous and accounting is you add it up who's ever done accounting without adding up of course but this ditch on one side of the of the valley of the shadow of death causes both the blind and the blind leaders the followers they all go into that ditch and they're lost they have false confidence now on the other side there's a very dangerous quagmire in which not even a good man can find solid footing or a bottom if he falls in this is the bog that king david fell into and no doubt would have been smothered had not he who is able pulled him out you know he has reference here to to what happened with bathsheba sexual uncleanness it is the temptation of every man and every woman to misuse this wonderful gift of sexuality to look at people as objects and not recognize that what sexuality is all about is love binding together becoming one in marriage between a man and a woman not a man and a man 
a man and a woman. God invented marriage. God invented sexuality. And he wanted holy, righteous offspring to be produced that could go to heaven, that heaven would be full. We have totally misused that in America. Again, I refer to the wicked halftime show that was an utter putrid vomiting of Satan's vile vomit upon America and the children of America who watched it. It was utterly wicked. There was no wardrobe malfunction in this one because there was almost no wardrobe. We have been swept aside with such wicked sexuality, perversion, pornographic images. That halftime show was soft porn. It was evil. I don't care if you like my saying that or not. I have to call it as the scriptures would call it, as Jesus would call it. He would rebuke it in the name that's above every name. And he would say, flee from it. So Bunyan is saying there is a a sexuality sin on one side of the narrow path and there is false doctrine on the other side of the path. Isn't that an interesting that he would choose those two as the premier things that lead Christian men and women astray. False teaching and a false use of sexuality. Now the pathway was exceedingly narrow and good Christian was tested to his limits. For in the dark, when he tried to avoid the ditch on the one hand, he was ready to tip over into the mire on the other hand. Also, when he sought to escape the mire, unless he was very careful, he would almost fall into the ditch. And so Christian went on, and I heard him sigh bitterly. For besides the dangers mentioned above, the pathway was so dark that often when he lifted up his foot to step forward, he never was sure where his foot would land or what creature he would step on. In the middle of the valley I saw in my dream the mouth of hell, and it stood right next to the narrow path. What shall I do now, thought Christian? Flames, abundant flames and smoke spewed from the place with sparks and hideous noises, things that would not be fought with a sword. Christian put his sword back in his sheath and he took out another weapon, the one called All Prayer. And then I heard Christian cry out, O Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul he continued in this way for a long time but still the flames were reaching toward him also he heard tortured and sad voices and the sound of things rushing and scurrying back and forth and sometimes christian thought he was going to be torn to pieces or trampled down like mud in the streets 
you know, he's speaking figuratively. He's using metaphors. But this is very real. This is the truth. When we follow Jesus and we walk on that narrow path, we're going to have to see the reality of hell and know that we don't want to go there and we don't want our brothers and sisters, our family, our workmates, we don't want anybody to go there. So out of our mouth will come words of kindness and love, calling them to follow. I spoke with a woman just this last week. I asked her, are you a Christian? And she said, no, I'm not. I said, well, what are you? She said, I'm an agnostic. I said, well, have you ever gone to church? Oh, yes, I've gone to church. Well, what happened? And she began to describe experiences that she'd had going to church where she felt judged and put down or where it was just entertainment, the same as you would get if you went to the Kennedy Center, except it was not as good as the Kennedy Center. She said, I finally just gave up. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to try church again? Well, she said that would depend on the church, wouldn't it? I said, well, would you... Would you try the National Prayer Chapel? She said, is that the church you pastor? I said, yes. I said, and the National Prayer Chapel is really all about Jesus. We're non-denominational. We just, we love Jesus. And we love each other. And we're all on a journey to heaven. And I said, I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to come to heaven with us. And she said, well, laughing, I'd like that too. Well, would you come? And she said, yes. And then she said, oh, but I'm sorry, I have to work Sunday morning. I said, well, is working on Sunday morning worth more than going to heaven? If you could go to heaven, would you rather go to heaven or would you rather work Sunday morning? And she laughed and she said, well, in that case, I'd rather go to heaven. Well, then you need to come to church, don't you? Well, yeah, I guess I guess I do. So I promised that I would invite her on a special Sunday when we are holding an opening service for the National Prayer Chapel, a day of of commitment, of rededication. She said, I want to be there. Would you not forget about me? Would you remember that I ask you and would you would you invite me? I said, Absolutely I will. I'll not forget you. I'll be praying for you. An agnostic who who wants to go to heaven because I told her Jesus loves her and wants her to walk clean and to repent of her sin and to get right with Jesus. And she said, please don't forget about me. What a wonderful word 
I was so encouraged. <laughs> He's crying out, O oh Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. And all of these things around hell. Hell is a miserable place. It's a real place. It's not a metaphor. It's, it's reality. And there's only two doors. You either go to hell at the end of your life or you go to Jesus. And that's your choice. And I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel now. We're still a, a small house church, but soon the Lord will give us a place. I know that. And when we're given that place, I'm going to be really inviting all of you to come for a, a service of dedication to Jesus. But you're welcome to come now. If you'd like to come, I'm going to give you a phone number. You can call me and No, better yet, just go to Google. Google National Prayer Chapel and and you'll find the address and the phone number. We're between Manassas and Woodbridge, right on the line. I'd like to see you. I'd like to hear from you. Well, that's as far as I'm going to go today. I'm going to come back. We're going to go at this again tomorrow and deal with some Bible stories where these very things that I've been speaking to you about are fleshed out in the lives of real people as they are written in the scriptures. These devil storms come at us day by day almost. We never know when to expect it. We have to just stand with the full armor of God on so that we can withstand the attack. Some of the attacks are just skirmishes and some are all-out war. I'm concerned about you today. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to love Jesus. And I want you to do what I've done. Read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. I'm in the process of doing that again. I've done it after 50 times I quit counting. It's many, many times, and each time it's fresh and new. It's like a a movie going off in my mind and my spirit as I watch what Jesus is doing as he teaches me about himself. You can read the Psalms. There you'll learn much about who Jesus is. You, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and you discover there the story of Jesus, but then to really discover his character, you read the Psalms. Those are the songs of the church. I pray the Psalms. I pray the 23rd Psalm. I pray Psalm 50. I pray many of the Psalms. And I wait on the Lord. Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus. I know you love every person listening and you're calling them into the deep water of the journey toward heaven in the school of the Holy Spirit. Would you bless them today, Jesus, and heal their wounds? I pray in your holy name. Amen. 
Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. I'd like to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm so glad you joined today. You listened. Would you send this message to a friend? Would you subscribe to our broadcast? God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. Oh